0: Today, I'm talking to Justin Ford, the Director of Safety Certification for Breezeway. And Justin has been in this business a long time as a property manager, but he was also at one time a firefighter for a large number of years and a member of the Coast Guard. So he's encountered all sorts of situations where people have been in danger, people have had accidents, and he understands the safety aspects of many of the sort of normal things of daily life that we, we go through that sometimes we just completely ignore or we forget about. So we're going to be talking about things like decks and docks and pools and tubs and gas grills and campfires and fire extinguishers and CO monitors and bringing you a number of examples of where things have gone horribly, horribly wrong. And you know, at the end of this, you are going to want to be doing a complete safety check on all your properties. So listen in. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever I'm super happy to be back with you. And here we are in August. Whole month, first month of the high season is done and dusted, and we've sort of got away without any major, major incidents. Although we have had a number of smaller incidents. We've had people falling off the end of a dock. A child, in fact, fell off the end of, of a deck, uh, a, a small deck that was on the waterline and fell off the end and hurt herself and had to be taken to hospital. We've had another guest who slipped on uh, a step, some steps going down into the water. And fell off the steps and then knocked her leg against a mollusk-encrusted rock and cut herself. And she had to go and get tetanus shot. Uh, We haven't had any fires, but we have had an incident with a CO monitor that was out of date. And it began emitting a pretty high-pitched scream, causing the, the guests to panic. They figured that there was some issue that they needed to take care of, obviously, so they called the fire department, who came out and said well, they couldn't find anything wrong, but the guests should evacuate until it was checked out. So this caused the, the owner some significant concern and cost because you know we we, we sent the guests out, uh, we gave them a meal out, we gave them some compensation for the time that they they lost from the property, and what it turned out to be was was an expired. CO monitor. And fortunately, the guests were allowed back in that same evening. So we we didn't have to find them overnight accommodation. But you know, this is just one of the safety issues that we have come across this year. And we have a lot of them every year because we do a lot of rentals. And most of them are really, really minor. You know, it it could be just an an out-of-date smoke alarm that suddenly starts to beat. It could be... a minor slip and fall, perhaps a dock board has come a little bit loose and somebody trips over it. But everything, every one of those incidents could be a major one and every single one of them is a potential liability claim. So I've been following Justin Ford for a long time. He's been on the podcast before talking about safety. Uh, He's now with Breezeway as their director of safety certifications. And I wanted him to come along and talk to us about safety, how we can do safety inspections and how we can make our places more safe for our guests and also for our peace of mind as property managers. Because, you know, if somebody does sue an owner, they sue everybody. And we'll be talking about this. They sue everybody who happens to be walking by in the area. You'll get sued. And and I know this because we are still currently in the middle of a lawsuit, although it's three years in now, and I'm not sure how it's going. But we have very, very good liability cover, and our insurers and their lawyers are taking care of it for us. If we hadn't had that, and I've mentioned this before, if we didn't have that liability cover, which is offered in amongst our errors and omissions um, policy, then we, I don't think our business would have survived not because of the claim itself, which we figure is, is unjustified, but because of the costs involved in dealing with it. So if you are a property manager or an owner, and specifically if you're a property manager and you do not have liability cover that covers you for any incident that may happen at any property that is currently under your management I suggest that the moment you finish listening to this, you go and look into it. Anyhow, let's move on over to the interview with Justin. And just just for those of you who are listening to this uh, on the podcast, on the audio, we also recorded this on YouTube. So... I did have some slides, some images of some of the things that Justin talks about. So it's not going to impact your enjoyment of the audio, but if you want to go and have a look at some of the things that we talked about and look at those, those images, then go across to our YouTube channel and you'll find the information on that uh, on the show notes, or just go look at YouTube vacation rental formula and you'll find it. So here we go. Let's talk to Justin. welcome. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yes, nice to be here. And uh, as, as you can tell by my background, I'm typically on Zoom where I can change my background with the uh, the green screen. So, um, but I guess it matches my safety logo on today. For the dirt, so we'll go that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it looks perfect. It looks perfect. I do like the background that you have in one of your videos, which is the Breezeway Lab. That, yes. is, yeah, we, that is very, very neat.
1: <laughs> It's nice to feel at home sometimes and feel like I'm still working in the office, even though I'm not. Um, I have have other ones too. I have one where a deck's about to collapse behind me, but that one uh, doesn't always catch people the right way.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, we, we, we are absolutely fine with the green screen. So as I say, thanks for joining me. Tell us a little bit, you know, I gave a little bit of an introduction, that's off the bio that you know, I've I found um, online and used and, and the information you've sent to me, and of course you've been on the you've been on the uh, podcast before talking about vacation rental safety. So um, I just want to hear from you just a little bit about how you got from where you were to where you are now.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I served in the U.S. Coast Guard. A little different than your uh, Canadian Coast Guard up there, Heather. I don't even think the Canadian Coast Guard has guns, but we we had guns (laughs) on the U.S. side. But we did um, boating safety inspections um, off the West Coast of the United States. And my job was going on board fishing boats and checking fire extinguishers and alarms and all that type of stuff. And um, it's interesting how that bred nicely into later when I got into um, the vacation rental industry. Actually, I started out as a boat rental guy. I rented boats. Um, which you know, a lot of people who've gotten started in the vacation rental industry either start out by running their own home or they were real estate brokers and say, this is what it is. But I was actually running boats to people who had vacation homes and finally said, you know what, I think I can do that too. And um, was a property manager for a number of years, uh, started, um, co-founded one of the largest vacation rental companies um, in the Northeast and grew that. And at the same time, uh, used my experience in the Coast Guard to become a firefighter. So I think it's a unique experience in that I've combined uh, safety inspections um, that led into property management and then uh, being a firefighter for 15 years and a training officer that has put me where I am today.
0: Well, I know from, you know, from from what I'm seeing you posting on the Facebook group uh, on the business of uh, short term rentals and property management, that you are so you have such a a strong focus on vacation rentals and safety in particular so in this in this session I really want to go through some of the issues that we all face as property owners and managers and I think this is probably not new to you this concept that this is a weird year
1: yes
0: (laughs) This this is a very weird year but what we're seeing is is Up here in Ontario, and I know it's not the same for everybody because I know people are still suffering, particularly in the U.S. and now in parts of of Europe, again, with shutdowns. But up here in Ontario, we're experiencing a massive, massive demand. It's staycations, everybody's staying home. So what that's bringing with it is a, a surge in people who've never rented before yes. and and this is this is causing us some some issues because we've always been used to our cottage renters or cottage guests who know what it's about they understand how to light a barbecue what to do with the campfire how to put a campfire out how to you know keep safe and, and we do we do supply them with, with information but we now have all these new people who've some of whom have never lit a barbecue in their lives Right. And, and many who have never had a campfire or roasted a s'more or something like that. So, so that's definitely being a big issue for us. We've always been very conscious of safety, but we are seeing incidents happening now because people are unfamiliar, not just with a new property, but they're unfamiliar with the whole concept of staying like this. So just give me your broad overview to kick off with on, on how you see this year and rentals? Is it, is it
1: different? Yeah. I mean, certainly this year's different, especially with the type of accidents we're having. What's, what's probably been the most interesting thing is safety's always been there. It's been a problem. People who are in the short-term rental industry hate it. When I say this, it's a true fact. It, it just accept it. Let's fix it. Um, but short-term rentals are the most dangerous form of hospitality and travel in the world more accidents happen in short-term rentals than all the commercial airlines, all the trains, all the cruise ships, all the hotels combined. And we can fix that. It's a solvable problem. The perception that people have is that a short-term rental, because it's being rented, in most cases, either by a professional or through Airbnb or Verbo or any of those type of outfits, that there's some sort of regulation, organization, everything that's in place to make sure that they're going to be safe, just like in a hotel. I just went out to Starbucks this morning. When I went in a Starbucks coffee, I go in there, there's a fire extinguisher mounted on the wall. There's an emergency exit light. When we apply ourselves in a commercial setting in this world, there's commercial regulations in place to ensure our safety. But short-term rentals don't have that. And less than 1% of all short-term rentals in North America are under some sort of safety guidelines that would protect People from most of the type of accidents, but what's different this year is obviously safety. Um, I, I've been grabbing onto CNN. Those who are Fox News lovers, I'm sorry, but um, they they posted out there that uh, the new word in travel, the new sexy word in travel, is safety. And of course, they're tying that into COVID nineteen. I think it's a misuse of the word completely because safety applies to what it always has applied to, which is. Um, everything that's going to keep you from getting injured or hurt in the property. You're not injured or hurt because you're sick from COVID. And frankly, I still have yet to hear, and I'd love to hear of some, a case where someone can prove that they've actually gotten sick in a short-term rental from COVID. So we're doing a good job cleaning them, and cleaning focus is, is there. And at Breezeway, we put together an amazing cleaning checklist that I know a lot of people are using and have talked about in your group. But um, when it comes to safety this year, people, I think, are misunderstanding what safe is, and we've got to address that.
0: Yeah, so what I wanted to to talk to you about is a number – you know se- separate out some of these issues. You've been doing a fantastic job on the Facebook group at uh, uh, posting an issue per week. And I'm just wondering when you're going to run out. Um, yeah, I <laughs> wish I <could. laughs> <laughs> but we've, you know, we've we've looked at, you know, you've looked at fire extinguishers, pool and tub safety, decks, grills, campfires, gas fires, CO alarms. So I want to go through all of those. I've, I've, there's some issues in particular that have been fatal um, that we've heard of over the last few months, and really talk about what owners and managers can do to prevent these things um, from happening. And I'd just like to kick off with with one that really struck me and that this is pool safety, because you posted the story of Levi Hughes, who was three years old and drowned in June 2018 at a vacation rental. And and I heard the story on on a number of, of news channels And I I watched it over again yesterday while I was sort of planning for doing this session. And it, it just really, really struck me that it was seconds. It was just, you know, mom lost sight of her toddler for a couple of seconds. And this was a toddler who'd been told about never going in the water and other things and the toddler just disappeared and the next thing she next thing you know, 5 minutes later she's seeing her son go to hospital in an ambulance and and as she, as she said so movingly never bringing my son home from vacation and that was that 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 was just heartbreaking so you posted in you posted in the group and then you talked about water guardians so I'd like you to just um you know talk about that a little bit and what we can all do
1: you know, it's a great program. You know, I don't have a swimming pool at my house, there, and I have a 10-year-old daughter. I sometimes stay in short-term rentals when I'm traveling for work. I stayed in North Carolina two years ago. I showed up with my 10-year-old daughter at the pool. I'll be honest with you. I'm, a, I'm the safety guy, and it was very easy to become complacent. I don't know much about pools. I don't know much about safety. I just assumed when I showed up at this rental property that everything's set up the way it's supposed to be, and I have half a, half a background in this. And you think about how many people are coming to stay at these pools. They don't know that when they go stay at a hotel pool, there's all kinds of safety warnings there's a camera watching all these things. And I just think that they don't understand what they're supposed to do. And this, this water guardian program is pretty amazing. It highlights a couple of different things. Levi did drown in just a few seconds. And a lot of it had to do with, you just couldn't see him. People were right there. People were all around the pool when it happened. Um, it highlights two issues. one, who's in charge. And that's what the the badge that they have um, that they offer. And it's really great because as a vacation rental agency, or just as a a sole proprietorship, if you're just running out one Airbnb, you can donate some money and get these water guardian cards and you can have your logo applied on it. They just apply, you put the, uh, the person in charge who's watching the pool, puts that around their wrist and they know, that they're watching the pool. That's their job right now. They're not going to be sipping a margarita. They're not going to run in and go to the bathroom. They are in charge of watching the pool. So um, that's very important. And I think it's a great program that every short-term rental program should put in place if they have pools. Number two are pool toys. And a lot of insurance companies now, I know proper insurance is one of them, won't allow homeowners to supply pool toys to the renters. If they want to bring them, that's fine but don't supply them because it ends up covering the pool up. And a lot of these pools aren't that Mm -hmm. big. And suddenly you can't see through the toys and you don't know that someone's drowning underneath it. So um, that's kind of a a twofold to what happened there with Levi. And the stories go on and on. Um, Uh U.S. Olympic um, skier. He lost his daughter two years ago. His three-year-old daughter drowned in a vacation rental pool. And it wasn't even the pool at the house they were staying at the daughter ran next door to a pool that didn't have a fence. So th- there's a lot of big cases out there that highlight this.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a, um, a property manager in UK called, uh, the the company's called tots to travel, tots to travel.co.uk. And I interviewed the, uh, the owner. Oh, way back. I mean, we're, this is, this is going to be episode number 349. I think <laughs> I interviewed her back and I think it was episode 11. I, I don't listen to that one often. <laughs> but uh, she she started her company exactly because she nearly lost her child in a in a pool accident she saw him at the bottom of the pool and was able to get him out and resuscitate him and from there she started tots to travel which is 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 a company that uh, specializes in Properties that that are truly child friendly. So all pools have enclosures, they have lockable gates, etc. But I I'm going to pass definitely be passing this um, the, the Levi's Legacy card idea onto her because I don't think she she may have come across that. So let me tell you about. You know, I mean, you know that I run a property management company. We've got 160 properties all on open water, so we can't have gates. We you know the you don't put. Fences round docks. You are familiar with waterfront properties. What can we do? What can we do as you know owners of, of open water waterfront properties?
1: Yeah, you know, I started back when I had my property management company as early as 2007. I was going onto a website called buildasign.com and ordering signs and putting them up down by the waterfront. Signs are a difficult balance. I know a lot of people go, geez, now I'm commercializing the property and editing. Mm. You know, I've highlighted less than about 10 notices that should be up at an average rental property. So we're not talking about putting signs up everywhere, but one needs to be down by the waterfront that says children should have a life jacket on, should be supervised. If it's too shallow to dive in off the dock, there should be a warning sign that says no diving. All those symbols are free online. You can just find any of those symbols, but you need to have some warning notices down there. You need to have some information that's out there so the guests understand that because we just did have an accident in Michigan where someone dove in and was injured uh, off of a dock. It was only three feet deep, no signs so um, it's really important to highlight that people just they just don't know they turn off their brains when they go on vacation mm-hmm. which is what we want them to do we want them to have a good time but um signage is the first approach with that
0: yes because you know you go to you go to a public beach and there's there's often a you know, a lifeguard um there's definitely signs there's flags that say when it's safe safer to swim and not safe to swim, and these are, you know, in, in many waterfront locations, the water can be difficult to manage. You know, even if there's, no, even if there aren't any, you know, riptides, but they can be difficult to manage. So, uh, so I I, yeah, I like that idea of, so of
1: signage. Signs also help reinforce it for the parents, and this is something that's real important. I can tell you as a parent, this speaks a lot. When you say, "Hey, son, you've got to put on your life jacket here. It's required." And they don't see a sign or anything that says it. They don't believe the parent. And so there's an argument. But when you've uh-huh. got a sign there and the parent can point up and go, look, they say you have to wear a life jacket if you're on the dock. That's what the rules are. There's, there's some sort of affirmation of that. So it helps the parents or those you know supervisors of the children when you've got that there, too, to help ensure that they're doing what they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. Same with hot tubs too because I, I know I know I I've, I've got a six a six-year-old and eight-year-old granddaughters and they love nothing more than to spend half an hour in, in a hot tub. We probably shouldn't allow that but you know they they enjoy that and it, it's a once every couple of months type of type of things. But it really is important. We often hear this, you know, people have gone to a property there's a hot tub, the kids have never seen one before. They treat it like a wading pool. But yeah. in fact, they are deep.
1: They're deep, and, you know, there's a lot there's, – there's so many issues with hot tubs out there. It's You'd be surprised how many hot tubs actually catch on fire every year with electrical issues. So, I mean, that aside, also dealing with suction issues where they, the intake for the jet pumps has drowned some, some children. Um, we've seen a lot of issues. Uh, used to see it a lot more in the Smoky Mountain area, Tennessee area of the uni- United States – where people were falling out of hot tubs that were up on elevated decks because the hot tubs were up against the railing. The kids are on the mm-hmm. bench feet, and now they don't have 36 inches of clearance. Um, a lot of companies have done a really good job. I know um, Steve Milo with his company, I was really impressed. They went out and put guardrails in around on the decks to keep the kids from doing that. Hot tub covers, they shouldn't be able to open a cover if you're under the age of 7 or 8. It should be somewhat difficult. Locks are great, but if there's some sort of strap, something that makes it difficult for a child, and then, of course, water treatment's another big one. I see a lot of programs where people are treating their own water. Um, I love the state of Montana. My friend uh, Kirsten King up there with Big Sky Rentals, those guys have to change their water after every single rental. It's state law in Montana, and there's a reason for that. And it's, it's a difficult process, but they've learned how to manage and do that. And so you should be having a professional who's managing the chemicals in there because, like you said, some of these kids are in there a while. And and we don't know what they're doing in there, what they're spilling in there, what's coming out of them, and um, how it's being treated properly. And, um, you know, we've seen some instances like in North Carolina last year with Legionnaire's disease. So any of those type of things are an issue. And even inside the house, too, you know, with the the jacuzzis or the the spas that might be inside of a property – I like to make sure that at least at a minimum, the cleaners are running some bleach and cold water through those in a filled tub once in a while, just to get the the bacteria out of those, because those have caused some issues for people.
0: Okay, anything other than, uh, so yeah, thank you. I'm so, sorry, we, we we don't see a name on, uh, on StreamYard. It just says Facebook user. <laughs> but thanks, thanks for that question. So anything else with uh, indoor jacuzzis?
1: Um, they, they should be inspected by a, an electrician or as part of a home inspection. And at Breezeway, we advocate that you have a home inspection every five years um, at your short-term rental and before it enters a short-term rental program. And those are things that are going to be caught and checked in that. Because um, it, And then the bottom line is whether you're in Canada or in the U.S., you want to check the Consumer Product Safety Commission websites to see if there's recalls or issues. There's a lot of uh, recalls and issues out there related to hot tubs and jacuzzis right now that go back into 2005, 2003 with current models that need some addressing.
0: Okay, that's that's a really good point. That's a good point. And I and I I don't actually have a rental at the moment, but we always had hot tubs in all our rentals, and I don't think we ever looked at, at, at recalls. But certainly, that's that, that's something that I'll be sharing with my with my
1: owners in yeah. the upcoming week or so. Someone in your team, I always used to like to give it to a reservationist. There should somebody be, be somebody at your company, and we probably don't have time to get into it today. It's a separate topic. Maybe I'll post about. But every per, every rental agency, if you're a rental agency, needs to have a safety coordinator, and monthly needs to be going on to the Consumer Product Safety Commission website and looking at recalls, and balancing that out. Going, oh wait a minute, we have two of those dressers, you know, in our rentals, or we have a TV like that in a couple of our rental properties, and it, it could explode because of you know electrical short or something so you need to pay attention to that stuff
0: that is such good advice i'd, I'd never even thought about that so yes please post something on that, well, <laughs> okay, that. Let's, let's let's move on to to decks because there was a there was um a uh, an incident in virginia just recently and i'll That's just post that five injured after deck collapses in virginia beach and uh, i think you posted this i went on and had a look at it and uh, that, was, it. that was
1: scary you can see it right there. Look up there at the ledger board that's under the word injured after. That's the ledger board where it's attached to the property. And you it's still attached to the building, and the deck is down. And if you look under the word V in Virginia Beach, you'll see the posts are still standing. Those posts wow. didn't collapse. The deck pulled away from the ledger board because it was attached with nails. That's that's against international building code. I am sure that there is a lawsuit that's in the works on this case right now. And that's, a, I mean, that photo right there is the only evidence they need to show that this deck was not built to international building code standards. And this was a professional rental company that was managing this property. So they got a real problem on their hands there. I'm going to make everyone here a deck inspector in three seconds. <laughs> If a deck is not attached to the ledger board with bolts or lag screws, it is not safe. It needs to be addressed right away. Get a contractor over there to address it. Nails should only be used to hold the decking down. That's it. Never to attach it to the side of the house.
0: Wow. Uh, I I know as, you know, I go out and look at new properties, potential new properties, and we have a checklist of, you know, safety checklist. We're making sure there are fire extinguishers, which we'll come on to in a second, um, CO monitors um, we look at decks for height of railings and space between the uh, b- between the posts. I have never looked to see how that deck is attached to to the house. So so yes, I am. Oh, now I'm I'm a new deck inspector. <laughs> but that that definitely is something something to add because we you know every one of our properties. I'd say ninety percent of our properties has a deck, and and we looked we looked at one in fact after you posted about this. We actually went through a lot of our photographs, and we found one property with a boathouse, uh, with a deck on the boathouse. I might, I'll send this to you, send this photo to you afterwards, Justin. I'm not going to share it here, but it, it caused that caused an immediate, oh my goodness! We've got to get in touch with the owner. We've got to take that that boathouse out, or at least make sure nobody can get out on that deck because it was uh, that, that was definitely an accident waiting to happen.
1: You know, at the so, same time this, this accident happened, Heather, another one happened in Saratoga, New York. It didn't get quite as much press. It was at a VRBO rental property or advertised property in VRBO. It wasn't professionally managed. But right now, my data shows that in the United States this year, over 200 people have been injured at short-term rentals and deck collapses. And um, it, it's just unacceptable. It's preventable. There's no reason for it. And if you're going out on a deck and it's bouncy and it's not feeling solid, the bottom line is about decks. And this is really the other thing to remember, other than the you know bolts and lags holding them up. A deck shouldn't bounce, and also a deck can hold a, a large load. It's not about that there were too many people on there. You can build a deck that can hold a. 100 people or five people and be a well-built deck. So it wasn't about how many people were on there. It was the, the construction method that was used.
0: So that really is interesting to note because you know, that, that, that gives us, I guess, you know, more, more of the power, as, as you say, deck inspectors, to, yeah. to go and have a look and know that you know maybe you know, the, the deck looks great, but perhaps there, there are aspects of it that, uh, that, that need addressing. So, yeah, that's fantastic information. Scary, though. Scary. That, you know, that was, that was, that was, that was a, new, a new property.
1: You know, the, the deck collapse that made uh, international news in New Jersey last September, it was the lead story on every nightly news in the U.S. and Canada, was the uh, one that happened in Wildwood, where it was all firefighters staying there. These were firefighters that had been staying in this short-term rental for years. There was an engine company on the third deck, a truck company on the second deck, and all the chiefs were down on the lower deck, and all of that came down, it is painful. The broken bones and the injuries that come along yeah. with that, it, it's, not a, it's not a comfortable thing for anybody to go through and experience. Um, and a lot of people will have lifelong disabilities because of some of those injuries that they sustain. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that's, uh, th- th- there was a note there saying that is really good advice, and I, I'll just uh, um, second, second that. You know, I, I hope those of you listening to this are taking copious notes i've already got the notes so don't need to do that so anything else you want to say about decks before you know decks docks perhaps before we move on i think Um, one thing that we do every year is we we we, um we check docks and decks for boards with maybe protruding nails or evidence of of any rot on them
1: yeah the big one is um The big one that's out there is the handrails going down. Handrails have to be to code now. You've got to have a handrail on at least one side of the deck going down the deck stairs. And it has to be continuous. The renter shouldn't have to lift their hand because there's a post halfway down. They have to hold that down. And I'll tell you what I'm hearing from the insurance companies. Number one claims that are coming through. I heard of a deck railing fall just about two or three months ago. It's a $300,000 claim minimum. And your insurance company is not going to cover all that, and they're not going to cover it if you didn't have the railing in place. Um, I know a woman who's trying to sue her insurance company for not paying a claim, but she didn't have the handrails per international building code, and it was on her insurance application that her house met international building code. So she's not going to win that 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 claim, and that's gonna that's the end of her short-term rental business. So, um, the big one I will add are the handrails. It's the number one place where people are going to slip and fall and get injured on a deck is going down the stairs.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I I just like to make this point about, you know, being sued because we are, we are currently participants in a lawsuit a frivolous one but it's a lawsuit nonetheless and and it it's it's tough to go through even if you have the best cover in the world but you need that cover you need that um, that that uh, that liability cover and you also need to check to make sure every property that you take on is meeting your local i mean for us it's provincial and federal codes so you need to know those
1: codes i mean we knew It's the same in Canada or the U.S. It's international building code. Every state and province in the United States has adopted it as well as Canada. And in every lawsuit that I'm seeing right now, that's what they refer to. They say this person was a professional. They're advertising this property on Airbnb. They're advertising this as what it was. They were negligent, and they used the word Mm -hmm. negligent over and over and over because they were not adhering to international building code standards. That's what shows up in the civil lawsuits.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if if a homeowner is sued, the the property management company will get
1: sued as well. It's a big party. Everybody joins in. Oh,
0: yes. 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 In ours, it's the homeowner. It's us. It's the cleaner. It was the maintenance person. It was the builder. And even if
1: even if you had nothing to do with it, even if you never stepped foot on that property, even if you had nothing to do with it. And I'll tell you, I was sued when I was a property manager. I, I don't think you're doing your business well unless you've gotten sued at least once, Heather. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. I mean, I, just just for the fact that I sneezed on the property, I had to pay sixty thousand dollars to get out of the, get out of the lawsuit. So it, it's not cheap wow. to get these darn things.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, I, I've talked about ours in, in, in many other places. And uh, if anybody wants to hear about it, they can contact me directly. Okay. let's there's a good segue, actually, into because you were talking about International Building Code. Let's talk about International Building Code 906, which High is
1: extinguisher. fire extinguishers. Yes. <laughs> um. The Tamarack fire uh, settlement came through this spring. Jim Olin is somebody uh, who people recognize the name in the industry. He's done a lot of consulting now with uh, lawyers, when some of these accidents happen, uh, there's the grill fire. That, the that's, the,
0: that's the grill fire. Yes, we'll come uh, back to that
1: one. But he uh, he he has he was directly involved with that lawsuit um, and, and gave me a lot of information. I got to see it. I was actually asked to be an expert witness on that one. That fire happened for a million different reasons, but oh, the reason yeah. the fire was not put out was because they had to use bowls of water to try and put the fire out. All the neighbors heard an explosion. They didn't see fire at the property for about seven or eight minutes. During that seven to eight minutes, they're like, huh, wonder what that boom was before they saw fire. What was going on was the one person who was there couldn't find the fire extinguisher and he's dumping bowls of water trying to save his wife and children and friends and didn't. And everything in that lawsuit all refers to International Building Code standard, fire extinguishers are required. They have to be in a bracket. They have to be in a bracket. I, I see it over and over. People stick them under the sinks. That's fine. If you want to put it under the sink, put it in a bracket, but it has to be mounted so that when the runners are reaching in for dishwashing detergent, they're not knocking it over. It has to be clearly marked that it's in there. That's building code standard. So sign on the front. You can have your own little logo and poofy purple letters or whatever letters you want to do so it's subtle. It doesn't have to be some big obnoxious sticker, but it has to say and be aware that the fire extinguisher is in there. And that it's there, and they have to be within thirty feet of um, any cooking appliance in your short-term rental. They should be near fireplaces, and they should be on every level of the home. It's really simple and easy. You got to do it. And if you don't, and there's an issue, trust me, it's it's going to be a business ender for you. It has for others.
0: Yeah, just going back to the to the Tamarack fire, I I, I remember seeing this in the uh, in in the group, and this this was it was a propane fireplace that exploded, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, it had been converted to wood. The homeowner, the previous homeowner, got crafty. And decided he'd help out because he knew how to turn a wrench. He pulled out the gas fireplace insert, disconnected the gas line. And when the wood fireplace insert guy showed up and said, is this all set? He said, oh, yeah, yeah I've got it all taken care of. So and then he sold the house and nobody ever knew that the gas line was still active and connected. And so uh, the renters went, found a house cleaner because there were no instructions. This was another big thing that came out goes back to my signage. There was no instructions in that property to tell people how to use the fireplace. You've got to provide instructions at every fireplace, every stove, every fire pit so that renters understand whether it's wood burning or gas, how it operates, what to do, how to extinguish it, when to extinguish it, how to open flues, how to close flues. And so uh, they went over to the rental office and said, hey, we can't get this thing working. And the house cleaner said, I think I know where there's a key for that. She had no business saying that, but she did. And so they got a key and turned the gas on. And of course, that led to the explosion wow
0: that uh, yeah that, that's that's a very it's such a sobering story because there were a number of fatalities in that one and it and and it could have been prevented with a fire oh,
1: extinguisher, easily, or just even instructions. they thought it was a a gas fireplace. if it had said it was a wood burning fireplace, that would have changed everything
0: yeah. Okay, so I, I think I mentioned on on that on on the Facebook group about going to see a property, and the I, I always look for the fire extinguisher. I want to know where it is and how it's mounted. And she had it in still in the box in in the closet. And I said, okay, great, you have a fire extinguisher, but that has to go on the wall. It has to be mounted. And she absolutely refused. And yeah. she said, I you know that's going to make my place look ugly. Yep and and i think this is this is something that that you've heard before
1: i you hear it every time with, with the safety certification program we're doing here at breezeway there's some there's a couple of tough things on there you know you've got to uh, make sure you you focus on some egress and grill spacing it is shocking to me that the number one um issue that we've had that we've had to have people go back and fix is the fire extinguisher to me that's like the easiest thing it's easier than a smoke detector people i think believe and then this could go into a whole deeper subject but it's almost like the whole mask thing whether you're wearing a mask or not and you're losing your rights by doing it I think people believe by putting a a fire extinguisher out that they've stepped into that line that they are now a commercial outfit and um, they're they've kind of lost the comforts of home and they just need to get over that and understand it and you just share with them a couple of the tragedies and the lawsuits that have happened I hopefully that'll change your mind Put them on with me. I'll have a talk with you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, let's uh, let's move on to. So still on the st- topic of, of grills, um, grill fire uh, of fires, grill fires. Um, you know, we we have 160 properties with 160 barbecues. Uh, yep. Fortunately, um, that they are all outside, but we do have some that are. You know, I have seen in enclosed spaces. So. You know, let's let's just talk about. I put this photo up earlier on. Let's just talk about this uh, the condo on in Lake of the Ozarks that went up. What what happened yeah. there?
1: Yeah, now, let me see if I can. Because um, if I can share my screen too, I can show you exactly what happened there. And it's happened actually yesterday at another short-term rental fire as well. Let me put this over on my screen and see if I can share. Um, I don't know if you're seeing this, but there's an image right here of a gas tank valve. Can you see that, Heather? Yes, I can. Yeah. Right in there is a rubber O-ring. The rubber O-ring is that black ring on the inside. They crack, they split, they fall out, but that's where the gas connection made on the tank. You've got to check those. And that's where a lot of these fires have been happening recently is that there ends up being a gas leak there, and the fire will start there. The, the, the gas will creep up to the gas cylinder and start. And that's what actually happened with the Lake of the uh, Ozarks fire where the fire the gas grill was was out there and of course there's a lot of different issues that happen with that first and foremost. If you want to bring that back up I'll point this out real quick. Look where the grill fire is it's under an enclosed roof. International building code standards gas grills need to have at least nine feet of overhead clearance. Those roofs aren't even quite nine feet. So the grill should never have been up there. A lot of localities it's illegal to have a grill up on a deck. I have already seen some notes that's happening in the Lake of the Ozarks where they're going to now put that regulation into place after this fire. But that seems to be the way it goes around the world. As soon as it happens, they go, whoops, let's not do that again. Um, And you can see other grills that are up there on the decks. So first, the grill shouldn't have been up there to begin with. Um, It should have been an electric grill if you're going to have it up in a situation like that. But two um, renters need to be aware of if they're going to do propane tank changes. They need to know about the O-rings, and if you're providing the tanks, you need to inspect the O-rings as well. It's real easy.
0: Never thought about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so so that that inspection is is that something that you do? How how often do you do that?
1: Every time you change out a propane tank, you check the O-rings. Okay. Every time. It's more important than, I mean, we all go back to driver's ed. Remember they told us you do the walk around of the car every time you drive, which none of us ever do anymore, but, you know, check the brake lights and check the brakes and the steering. Um, This one's more important than that. This is one that you don't get complacent with always check the O-rings.
0: okay good advice um let's let's just move on to co monitors because that you know again that's something that that we check we have on our checklist to check that there is a co monitor but that's all we're doing is just okay there is one we we had an incident uh recently where there was an alarm went off And um, the fire department came out and they they could not pinpoint where this was coming from. But the guests had to evacuate while it was being investigated. And then it turns out, you know, the the CO monitor was out of date. And and there had been an incident in, in the past with this CO monitor giving a false reading. So we have learned from that. But I think every property manager has been through something like this. And each time you learn, but... It
1: takes it take a long time to learn this. the The most important, and I'll touch on this one quick and come back to see you. The most important item in a short term rental is a smoke detector. It's the most important item. It's more important. You can go sleep on a hardwood floor and not have water to take a shower, but that building could burn that night, regardless of any of those things. And could you imagine a surgeon not knowing what his tools are, and you're going in for surgery? It it's frightening that we as property managers in this industry don't know about the most important tool that goes into our property. And the CO detector I would highlight is the second most important one. You need to know about them. There's educational videos on YouTube. They're 10 minutes long. You need to know what the difference is between photoelectric and the ionization type. And when it comes to CO detectors, you need to understand that there's a different beep that goes off when it's expired versus it doesn't. And I'm super passionate about What's going on with CO detectors? Because we keep having incidents. Everyone knows about the Anna Ferris one in on last Thanksgiving and at Tahoe. They keep happening. We just had one in Idaho recently, 25 people all hospitalized. And the mm-hmm. thing that kills me the most, and this should be a call to action for every property manager, is that when these happen, all the morning talk shows talk about it and they all do a special piece on this. And every single one of them says, when you travel to a vacation realm now, You should bring a carbon monoxide detector with you because you can't trust the property manager of the house to do it. Could you imagine, Heather, if before you went on a cruise, the cruise ship company told you you need to bring your own life jacket? I mean, that's ridiculous. We need to get out there and address it. Sorry, I get upset about this one, but it really is ridiculous that they're telling people they need to bring their own CO detectors to the rentals. And we need to be more passionate and understanding about what those two important tools are.
0: I think I think the sad thing is, Justin, is that safety is not seen as as you know, it, it, it's not as as fun as decorating and putting in all the great furniture and the nice appliances. And it really comes as, you know, a, an, an add-on. Oh yeah, we need a fire extinguisher.
1: Yep. It's, and everyone, everyone I talk to has had an incident. Tells me that. And even when the incident goes perfectly right, I had a woman who's done all of our safety certifications, and her, her property is probably a model property. And guess what? It had a fire, got struck by lightning, and the guests got out. Everything went great. But even after all that happened, She said it's almost shut her office down just because of everything that you've got to go through and deal with dealing with a fire at one of your properties, the owner losing certain things, the guests losing all their luggage insurance claims. She has three people in her office and it was a full-time job for two weeks just dealing with insurance people. So everyone reacts when it's suddenly in front of them. And let me tell you, it's going to happen. I don't know of too many companies don't have at least a hundred properties that haven't had a safety incident, it will happen and you got to be prepared for it.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, we've we've been in business for 17 years and we've had, well, I wouldn't say more than our fair share, but we have had a fair share of of incidents. And, you know, they, they are decks, they're docks, they're fires, they're, we haven't had a deck collapse, fortunately, but we've had some, we've had a, a child fall through, you know, one of those glass panels on a deck because it, it wasn't uh, attached properly. So it's, it's it's amazing. You know, there's just so much in there that you have to be conscious of. So that that sort of leads me on to talking about BreezeWay and your role there. What what do you actually do? What, what's 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 your title first of
1: all? Um, I'm the director of safety and certification programs, and I'll highlight the word uh, certification. BreezeWay's really been focused, as you know, on property care and operations. We're leader in property care and operations software. And our founder and CEO, Jeremy Gall, has just really had some great visions. I'm excited to be working for him and the visions that he has on trying to make sure that we're supporting the industry, not just on the software side, but on the application of what can be done with the software. And with that, obviously, we've built uh, what we consider to be one of the best cleaning checklists out there. And I know a lot of people in your group have talked about and shared that. And on the safety side, he's recognized that and we've pushed that forward now with safety certifications. There's uh, three components to it. One, we're working with insurance companies. Proper insurance is one of them. And we actually give a discount um, or proper insurance gives a discount on their insurance premium. If you go through and get your property safety certified by Breezeway, it's less than sixty nine dollars a year. There's a little bit of a discount if you're a proper insurance customer. And in some cases, people are saving four or $500 on their insurance premium. So it's well worth it um, on that path. If you just want to get a safety certification, we're all working with some municipalities now as well and helping them do them. And the bottom line is, is municipalities and government entities in the U.S. and Canada don't have the resources to do these safety inspections. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, they're doing fire. And fire is 3% of accidents. Slips and falls are 83%. So they don't even know. And as a firefighter, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about extension cords, tripping over carpets, any of that stuff. And so we're stepping in there and covering all the things with our safety certification program. And then the third thing that we're doing, and we've just launched it, and we're really excited, is we've introduced the STRSI program, or Short-Term Rental Safety Inspector. And you're going to hear a lot more about this going forward. Up until now, all you could have done is hired a home inspector to come. We do everything now through the short-term rental safety inspector and program that a home inspector doesn't do. And we're certifying property managers to do this with a short course, takes less than um, 10 hours, five. We're, we're looking at kind of five hours for the course. You're now certified and you can go out and know what you need to do to inspect and you can generate revenue for your company doing those inspections as you're doing these uh, checking for short-term rental safety.
0: That's great. And I will put, uh, I'll put links to um to breezeway and everything you've talked about on the show notes for those of you listening to the podcast on facebook for those of you who are live here and on youtube as well <laughs> this is this is such fun you know you press the button and it goes out to facebook it goes out to youtube and then i'm recording this for the podcast as well so we're trying to hit uh, you know as, as large an audience as possible and and you know having Last time I talked to you, I became more of a passionate advocate for safety in vacation rentals In, um, in up, up I here. That. I <laughs> love
1: you. We need more <laughs> advocates. It, it will sell. When I was a property manager, I was also very passionate about safety, and it was really interesting. And I, I challenged some of the people who are co-hosts or property managers out here looking to acquire properties, bring up safety when you're looking at a property. I actually would sign on homes. At a higher commission rate, because a homeowner would come back to me and go, you know, we liked you, we liked your pitch, Um, your commission was high. But the other agency, they didn't even talk about safety. They didn't go through and examine our home. They just said it's great and they were going to sign it on. And the fact that you guys cared a lot about the home and seemed to be looking out for you, we're going to sign on with you. And I will tell you it works. I promise you it works. And I have people that tell me that they followed that and it works. It's a great way to increase your revenue. Safety can help in a lot of different ways with revenue and with marketing. Um, renters will choose a home that is safer than another when given a three-bedroom next to a three-bedroom, both on the water, both on the water. Both have, you know, nice furnishings. That one's $1,200 a week. That one's 1200 a week. Oh, wait, look, this one has gone through a whole safety program and is certified um, on a safety level, let's let's take the one that's a little safer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hearing this from owners as I'm talking to them right now, you know, w- walking around and saying, you know, I'm not sure that your deck railings look up to code, but I'm not sure about your stairs. Let's check into that. And they're going, wow. And these are people who've just perhaps just bought a property. And this is something else we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of new owners in our country areas because they've been locked up in the city and now they want to get out. And now there were more of them working from home. It's, it's, it's a whole new world of owners. It's a whole new world of guests. So I'm, I'm finding that just, just coming up, as you said, with those, those suggestions to them about safety issues that they are very grateful for that because it's not something that's even crossed their radar at all.
1: Yeah. You're looking out for them. You're protecting them. And they, they like that. They like that care.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, Justin, it's been fantastic as ever (laughs) talking with you. Uh, You know, thanks so much for, for, for joining me uh, again. And I will make sure that um, you know information on Breezeway is on all these different channels. So if anybody's interested in finding out a little bit more, I do want to talk to you outside of here because I'm thinking, you know, here we are in Ontario. I, I don't know any program that there is up up here in Canada, so I want to talk to you
1: about well, that. I'm gonna get you set up next time. We next time I come on here with you, I'm gonna have you in your your hat that says you're a safety inspector certified. <laughs>
0: uh i the thing is i don't go and see every property our properties i mean we've we've got one property that and i mentioned this one to you before i think it's it's you you get you drive three hours to the local town then it's 15 minutes down a dirt road after that then you get in a boat and it's a 20 minute boat ride and oh, there you are with no cell signal no
1: wi-fi oh, even better but there is oh, a landline
0: there's a landline
1: how's the fishing
0: fishing is fabulous fishing Perfect. is pretty darn good but uh, but you know, <laughs> uh, Okay. Well, we will. I don't know when we'll get to see each other face to face again. But uh, but this is face to face as as much as we can possibly do right now. So 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 thanks again. Just just uh, just hold on a second. I'm I'm just going to sign out of here, and then we'll have a chat at the end. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, that was fantastic. Thank you so much to Justin for 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 joining me. And we will be posting this on Facebook. It's on YouTube and it will be going out on the podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've really taken a lot of notes and you are really now thinking about what you're going to be doing about increasing safety in in your properties. So from me, thank you so much for watching. Always a pleasure to, uh, to, to be with you and have such a great guest. So goodbye for now. Well, I hope that got you fired up for going to do some safety checks. It certainly did did me. I am going to do the safety certification with Breezeway. I think it's really important that as property managers, we understand more of the impacts of not paying enough attention to safety issues around a property. And I know that when I go and see a property, I, I ask the questions, you know, do you have a fire extinguisher? And they say, yes. I don't every t- Every time I do not say, okay, show me where it is. Show me where it's bracketed to the wall. Now I've talked to Justin and understand about the international building code that requires a fire extinguisher to be bracketed to a wall that is going to be the first thing I'm looking for. It's going to be on a new checklist that we'll have. I want to be talking to Breezeway way about how we do this better. I think so many of us have, you know, we do consider safety. Of course we do, but perhaps we just don't pay enough attention to it. So as I said in the beginning, if you, you can go across to the YouTube channel, Vacation Rental Formula and check out the, the complete audio and video on YouTube, where you'll see some of the pictures and some of the things that Justin was describing in this, uh, this episode. So I hope that has inspired you to get certified, actually go across to Breezeway and, uh, and, and check it out. So the information on Breezeway is in the show notes. And you have no excuse, guys. Well, that's it for another week. I'm working currently on a new project with Andy Medic of Sea Change Vacation Rentals. And we are going to be producing a second podcast, a second weekly podcast. Well, in fact, it'll just be a short one, 15 or 20 minutes, maybe even less. And Andy and I are going to be sharing some of the experiences that we've had with our properties, with our owners, with our guests. And each week is going to be on a different topic. So watch out for that. It's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Andy and I just getting together. We're going to be doing YouTube video and we're going to be recording the audio. And we're going to be bringing that to you because I think that's going to be super helpful for anyone in this business, whether you're an independent owner or a property manager. So watch this space. I'll be telling you about it in the newsletter. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter then go to vacationrentalformula.com and subscribe and we'll send it to you every week and then you don't miss a thing. Okie doke, I'm done for now. I'm heading into August or what's remaining of August and hopefully we are going to do it without any issues, without any safety issues and we're going to sail through the month and usually I would say we finish at the end of At the end of august and early september as soon as labor days labor day comes and goes we're in the quiet period but we're actually fully booked now for september just about so we have another month to go oh gosh i'm going to enjoy every minute of it she says right i'll see you again next week and in the meantime take care look after those guests and look after their safety it's been a pleasure as ever being with you If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.